0: from Sydney, Australia. I'm Margaret Brandman, composer, performer and recording artist.
1: So we're moving on to your compositions. And I had an opportunity over the last few days just to listen to some of your work. And I mean, you cross so many genres and, you know, spirituality has influenced you. I'm sure your travels have influenced you, your, you know, your whole history with music from, you know, your mum coming forward. So can you just introduce your compositions? You've also had uh, people commission you to write music as well, which is another interesting facet to your life. So can you just take people on the journey through composing? When did you start composing?
0: Well, I was about 13 years old when I started composing. And at that time, I'd been nearly playing an instrument since I, for 10 years because I started when I was four. And I started with the accordion and piano and, went, and so on. So I... And the reason for the composing was I was doing the standard exams here in Australia, which is the equivalent of the ABRSM. whatever, that one. Um, It's called AMEB in Australia, Australian Music Examinations Board. I was doing those and the teachers were saying, well, here's your four pieces for the year and this is all you play for the whole year. And I was a very good sight reader by then, and I would eat the pieces in two weeks and say, Now what? What are we going to do for the rest of the year? <laughs> I'd be totally bored. So I thought, I'll start to write my own music. So I started uh, having an interest in composition, and I think my first piece was uh, a piece called um, Joy. Joie, Joie, uh, in French, what, I can't say, joy, joy of Life, Joy de Vivre. my French is a bit rusty. Um, and I played at um, age 14 at one of my family concerts at the Brandman Music Studio concert. So I've got a picture of myself playing clarinet, playing my own piece there. So I know for sure I was writing from the time of 13, 14 up. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, um, I, I did composition for high school because I was at the Conservatorium of Music High School here in Sydney, and we had a very... Uh, wide music curriculum, and you could choose to do either musicology or performance or composition for HSC. I—that's uh, our school certificate. Mm-hmm. I did a, both performance and I did composition, and I, I did very well that year. In the year I uh, graduated, I was third in the state for music for New South Wales. Oh wow! Uh, so achieved that high level. And that um, earned me a scholarship to go to Sydney University, and I pursued my composition um, ambitions with Peter Sculthorpe, who is was at the time one of Australia's leading um, contemporary classical composers, who uh, came up with a lot of new ideas of sounds. He wrote a piece called Kakadu, which um, uh, is about our in uh, area in northern. Um, northern australia um, about aboriginal references and bird sounds and created the bird sounds with you know violins doing sort of squeaky sounds and things like that yeah creative so so he he was very um, very good composition teacher in that he gave you the tools to compose and i liked it because he said that's brandman you you do your thing he didn't ask me to write like him because that was his thing and he could he could see that I had a voice and he would encourage my way of doing things. Um, so I thought it was excellent as a point, point of view of a teacher. Very
1: open-minded, very open-minded. Yeah, very yeah. open-minded
0: and give, give you what you need, your tools to 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 work with and you learn the strategies that composers do mm-hmm. and have used for hundreds of years, but then leave it open for you to follow your own direction, which
1: I thought was great. That's so, fascinating, uh, yeah. There must have been some great creativity in that class with your fellow classmates as well. There's been some fantastic interest. Well,
0: there were only only, uh, about four of us doing composition. The rest Mm -hmm. of them were doing performance and musicology. It wasn't a Mm -hmm. huge department. Um, Mm -hmm. But from there, I I got invited to um, attend the meeting of the Fellowship of Australian Composers. And I was just like or 22 or something like that, I came along, one professor said, come along. And next thing you know, I'm on the committee. <laughs> and became, and uh, that was great because I did meet a lot of Australian uh, women composers and men composers who were, you know, forging away mm-hmm. and had, had music published already. And so it was good for me to make connections. And there was a, one particular composer lady, her name is Dul- Dulcie Holland. And uh, we became really, really good friends and she, she would have been um, probably 40 years older than me, and, but she became like a mentor and we would do things like I'd write something new and she, I'd take it over to her place and she, she would say, oh, that's really good, but how about you do add something to this or how about you do something, give me a few little you know, key suggestions and then when she had things that she was doing, she would give them to me to, um, to play through and sight read and like proofread for her. So mm-hmm. we had a um, backwards and forwards sort of lovely relationship and yeah. uh, she was mm-hmm. such a sweet person, yeah. very well respected and she ended up writing a whole bunch of theory books for Australia as well, very uh, nice. a whole series. Mm-hmm. And she also in- introduced me to my publisher. So I, by joining the Fellowship of Composers at Open Doors and I had already written articles for a magazine called Jam, Jam Magazine for 50 articles and I'd written my teaching materials and um, ideas down in that. And she said, mm-hmm. well, how about you make it into a piano method and expand it and write pieces of your own to put in the piano method and, uh, and I'll introduce it to the publisher. And so it went from there and I did actually write that piano method and when you look at it, it's got some standard works in it, but it's got a lot of, of pieces that I've composed for
1: that. Okay. So
0: my composition side of things was sort of like equal balance with educational material. Oh, the
1: two came together in, in terms of the publishing yeah. and all. Okay. Yeah. But your your musical sound is really interesting and it's so, I do want to say this to to kind of lower your standard because your standard is very high but it's such easy listening it, it's so beautiful to listen to i mean i'm thinking of for those of us who would know about cuban music latin music you've an expertise there you've an expertise when it comes to jazz improvisation and then you write songs which are more loosely uh titled classical sounding songs um so can you just Yes, We're, art songs. Yeah. So can you just explain what kind of genres are you most fascinated with and what works link into these genres that you're most fascinated with?
0: Uh, well, just say where where this uh, expertise or uh, familiarity with the styles came from, whereas I worked in uh, a, a band, a six piece band for many years. And we did the, the began the, uh, with bossa novas and um, Latin music. The, the night, then we did some swing. Then we, uh, the show would come in, the the uh, international artists, like we actually had Harry Seacombe and we had Vera Lynn come in and they would just throw the music in front of us. We'd look at look it through and then we'd play, no rehearsal, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> then we'd play some uh, rock and roll and swing to finish the evening. So I, I had a really good introduction to a lot of those and, and dance styles like cha-cha-cha and that sort of thing. So that, that familiarity came from being a working musician okay, and, and doing that as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I love to write in those styles. And one of the things I wanted to do with my piano method was to write a piece in a cha-cha and bossa nova and tango. So in Book 2B of the Contemporary Piano Method, you get something in all those different styles. So I was thinking when I wrote the piano method that at my when I was growing up, people did such a narrow lot of music they they could they, if they were thrown into play with the band they wouldn't have a clue what to do that's right
1: so. yeah i can attest to that um because you know the rhythms were so like the classical period rhythms whereas when you translate yourself as a pianist and you go from the very classical understanding to suddenly this boss and over cha-cha the rhythms are so different it takes there's an adjustment there
0: yeah so um if you if you can learn as I've done in the in the piano method, teach you how what the rhythms are and how to mm. make a style for the piano. So that's all. And I, I wrote those pieces, my own pieces, to demonstrate that. So yeah. they're all through. So that's that's a composition coming right through the piano method, um, and and then the Jacaré Rumba de Moore. First of all, the the Jacaré Rumba for piano version has been um, printed in the Australian Music Examination Boards, mm-hmm. uh, Piano for Leisure series. It's in their sixth grade. And then I did the extended version, the Jokara Ramba de Mor for violin and piano. Mm-hmm. And that's now in the seventh grade syllabus for violin and piano. And people are really liking this music. Fantastic.
1: And... Um, um, and when and you're I- writing um, art song, given that it's such a, like, In my understanding, a world away from what you would say, Latin jazz, that type of style. What kind of methods have you to compose for the art song? I mean, do you write the lyrics first? Do you do the music first? Do the two come together? How does it come together? Well, the two cycles
0: that I've done, there's one called Songs of Love and Desire. I met a lovely lady by the name of Desiree Regina. She's a beautiful mezzo-soprano, and um, I had um, a bit of a spiritual encounter, uh, and um, I reported that in that spiritual encounter I I was told, you'll be writing lots of songs. So I mentioned that to Desiree, who I'd met, and she said, I like to write lyrics. So she presented me with her first set of lyrics. I wrote the first song to go with that. She loved it. She said, I'll write you another set. So over six months, uh, we wrote one song per month and she would come up with the lyric idea and then I would compose the music and okay. then we workshopped it. And so that was that one. And then the other series, another one which is um, on the album called Cosmic Wheel of the Zodiac. My uh, friend, who actually was the mother of one of my students for many years, um, we became very good friends. Benita Rayner is her name, and she calls herself an astro-poet.
1: Okay, so, an astro-poet. That's interesting. Because she's very in- into
0: astrology, and that's yeah. her thing, but mm-hmm. she also was a poet. So she came to me with the idea, let's do one song for every sign of the zodiac. And again, we'd worked over several months where she would present me a set of lyrics for one star sign, I would write it. And then she, while I I was writing the music, she was writing the lyrics for the next one. So we got the 12 songs. And then we presented them to my colleague, Martin Cook, who was singing at the time in the Bavarian State Opera Chorus. And he's an Australian, but he spent over over 25 years in the chorus in, in Munich. Okay. and I presented him and he said, oh, well, these are really, really good pithy lyrics. I really like the lyrics and love the music as well. And so he and I workshopped them for, like you and I are on Zoom mm-hmm. and uh, he, he was in Munich and he was singing the songs and eventually he came to Australia. We knew he was going to come here. So we, we practised on Zoom and we got here and then we presented the, the premiere of that in 2016 here in Australia. Fantastic, he,
1: fantastic.
0: Each of those songs, or when the lyricist writes me whatever the topic is, whether it's a, a colour, a, a, a cold or, you know, a season, mm. um, that those sorts of words provide me with imagery as to what key I should write it in. Is it a dark and, um, you know, like, is it cold and dark? Do I need F mm. minor? Or is it a bright, happy Do I need D major? So, mm-hmm. um those, those ideas come from the lyrics, and you paint, you help you paint the lyrics with your music. Um, so that's what you hear in that. Yeah, you have beautiful
1: melodies. I mean, from what I've heard so far, I love your melody lines, they're beautiful. And I mean, <laughs> just moving away from that genre, um, you have a video just released on your YouTube channel um, Overture to La Vida apasionada sweet. And if people want to see you in action playing the piano with um, a violinist who you can explain in a moment who he is, it's, it's just wonderful to watch and listen to. And the the melody lines are utterly beautiful. So um, this video was premiered there on August 27th of 2022. We're recording this interview October 22, just to kind of give a, the listeners an idea of where we're at in terms of time. and. Um, it's the most beautiful music it really is and I can see so many applications for it but it has it, it reminds me of those films that tell the stories of artists going to the Amalfi coast in Italy mm-hmm. uh, it's got kind of that flair to your music it just I just get that picture right there it must be just power of association kicking in but it's just got that flavor to it you know the sun the sea the creativity just beautiful evenings yes. you know it's, well, it's, it's beautiful we've,
0: we've sort of got a storyline going through it and uh Valve commissioned me to write those um the further pieces after Jukara, and he's, he's
1: the violinist on this video as it happens yes that's right mm-hmm. and um the idea is
0: we've recorded it for six, six musicians or, or quintet actually. Well, six, because I add some stuff to it. And we plan, we're still in the editing stage at the moment. It's like it hasn't been released yet. But when we've, when we've come, got it ready for release, we plan to do shows and have a dancers dancing
1: and telling the storyline.
0: Vov did it for our concert just recently, he sort of said the basic premise is a person meet per person, um, fall in love, and then the third person comes along and things are a bit shaky. And then eventually the person that's meant to be with the other person is, and the third person goes off with the violinist.
1: So it's all this just love saga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Sounds um, lovely. Sounds lovely. Yes. Sounds lovely. That's, that's and do you hope, at, just for Interstate, do you hope to perform it just around Australia or would you take it further afield into Europe and America? We would definitely take it anywhere.
0: We, we You know, anywhere, any opportunity opened, we would be there. And Bob actually plays those pieces. I've done other arrangements for him for a band, which, which is... Um, piano, bass, drums, guitar, saxophone, and violin uh, mm-hmm. on the cruise ships. So he's actually been taking some of the music around um, to Tahiti. No. Oh, beautiful.
1: Tahiti. Oh, my goodness. One of my yeah. dream locations. Um, we'd love to come to Europe and do the whole. The whole yeah. I think we um, need that type of music after the COVID pandemic. That's yeah. the truth. We need the lift, the lift and the, the inspiration of it, really, you yeah. know.
0: And I um, must mention that also through My my Spirit Visions orchestral music, you'll go into that and you think, oh, yes, well, this is fairly, you know, contemporary classical. And then suddenly I'll break into a marimba um, Latin mm. rhythm in the middle of an orchestral piece. So I bring these things in to all sorts of things that I do not not just that
1: quite interestingly when I was going through your music and you know you're probably watching me looking to my left a lot because I have a computer over here and there's so many notes over here of all your work I'm just looking over this way constantly would you have then this other piece of music that you were commissioned by and I'm just getting it here now the eastern spine bill and the sulfur crested cockatoos herald a blue mountain bushfire and it's for violin and piano and it's a complete different sound altogether to just what we've been talking about it's like a world away it's yes. almost like that 20th century sound that's very discordant and you know expressive of a tough situation so can you speak to that the composition process there okay so that
0: actually is a reduction of my the first movement of my firestorm symphony So I'll tell you a bit of the story of the background. I lived in the Blue Mountains in uh, Sydney, uh, which is sort of two hours west of Sydney. And uh, I raised my children there. Um, I've got two two lovely young men now. Um, And we lived through two bushfires. Um, And, you know, so occasionally, at the moment, Australia's in flood because it's La Nina, but, you know, and other years it's so dry. And... um, we um, we lived right within the bushland, and I could hear the birds, um, the cockatoos, um, you know, the wind coming through the trees. So, um, and and the scariness of seeing a fire mm. coming because we lived on the side of a mountain where I could see fifty miles into the distance. Oh, beautiful! And, and you, we could see the dotting of the fire starting and coming and coming and coming towards us which was really scary mm. we had the there's a really the stillness stillness and this bird that had a five note little call it's called the eastern spine bill okay. so i grabbed that motive and i worked the firestorm symphony so the first movement is the fire and the in the the dread and the you know the the scariness of the fire mm-hmm. coming The second movement is the devastation because houses were um, burnt to the ground and a couple of people died. And um, then, you know, the whole of Australia is very sad and, you know, under tears are flowing all the time. So the second movement talks of that. And then three months later, fire's passed and you go walking out in the bush and our eucalypt trees are very fire resilient in that they'll burn at the time but then they will sprout again Mm. so all the trees were coming and the life was coming back the birds were coming back and um, the third movement is this joyous you know renewal of life part Mm -hmm. and that symphony is on my sensations album recorded by the moravian philharmonic orchestra and um that album you'll see has the cockatoo flying out of the fire, um, yeah. On, yeah. on it. But so I then reduced that for a concert for um, this duo decanet, um, violin um, and piano, Irma Enriquez, who's just played at one of my my previous concert in, in September, and uh, Henry Avila, and um, they I said, have you got something you know to do with bird life? So I thought, well, this particular work is re- referencing that the, that spine wheel and the cock- screeching cockatoos going overhead. So that became the world's longest title piece.
1: <laughs> um, well, it, it comes from a, a, a story, a very personal story to your own life, to be fair to you. But um, were you, did you survive the fire okay? Well, our, the veranda on our house was on fire, and oh. um,
0: I, my my um son would, would have been about um uh, in 1994 um fire one son was only about uh 12 years old and he's helping a lot and the little one couldn't do terribly, terribly much to, mm-hmm. to help um and we were bucketing and doing things but the uh, local fire brigade uh, the bush um yeah, they're not the normal fire brigade, but the volunteer fire mm-hmm. brigade came and they managed to get a hose and um, over the top of the roof of our house. And we had plugged up the gutters. So it was a very comforting thing to be in the house and seeing water, like a curtain of water going yeah. down from the gutters, mm-hmm. because that's where the fire will get in if it gets under the eaves. Oh, to so your roof,
1: finished, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, the veranda went. Um, so we, we really experienced the fire and i so it was scary it was christmas day there was one on christmas, christmas day on the 20 on 2001 the second fire is 2001 um, and i'd just cooked the chicken and the fire went whoosh up the backyard yard and i said okay family we're having smoked chicken for lunch today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh dear oh my goodness you've had some stories yeah. to tell you have some and stories the other
0: little story was that my mum had a dream that i'd be writing the music about the event and uh that was really interesting because she's very psychic lady, my mum really? and
1: she said i
0: i had a really strong dream that you'd be writing through music about this and then it came about so there you go thank you mum
1: and you've led into a question that I was going to bring in at some point and that is the influence of spiritual growth or the influence of spiritual experiences and you Mm. mention it every now and again through your story would you say that it's a pretty strong part to your whole musical life that it influences you strongly Yes, it does. Um,
0: particularly since I did a Reiki course in 1994, mm. and um, I, the hands-on healing course, yeah. and and then, um, I mean, I'd had a lot of interesting meetings with people, but the incidents of the synchronicities and the meetings, chance meetings with people. Um, and when you do, you have these meetings and you feel like you're on the right path because you're, you know, your angel comes along and gives you a bit of information that you need or puts you in contact with something and something else blossoms from that. And um, yeah, I, I think the spiritual side is, is important. And also um, when I go into the composition state, it's another world and you if i feel like i'm just downloading from the universe what the melody should be and that when i'm writing there's a little angel on my shoulder saying not this note that note you need this note you need that that's the note you need you know
1: well so this it, this is a dis- yeah this is a discussion that i've tried to dig into a little bit and, I, and i'd love to get into it at a deeper level actually with different people is the source of creative inspiration where does it come from I I've been thinking over the last number of weeks. You know, when I'm considering this, when I get a chance just to think about it and contemplate on it, that as musicians are people in music, a real successful musician seems to be very uh, spiritually honed. And what I mean by that is they're really gone down into their what some people would regard as the soul level or the spirit level, mm-hmm. and that means that they they're gone beyond their ego they're they're not into what other people think about them they're not into like being the guy or the gal on stage it's more letting a flow through them and they're there for other people to bring them joy and and you know excitement in life and so on and i'm wondering what's your thoughts on that
0: well i think exactly that that um we, we, we you, you're you're downloading the the music's have been out there already. It's, it's all re, re, it's already pre-written. It's there. You've just yeah. got to download it. So if your channel you've got if you've got the channel going, mm-hmm. um, it's like when you talk about Reiki being a Reiki channel. You um, you just allow it to flow through you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think you know because there's energy in, in the air and there's energy at the feet and this is the the Reiki philosophy that it meets at the heart center and so that you're just a conduit for energy and if if your chakra is, crown chakra is open you receive that and i think it's probably been more even more intense since i did the first reiki level um, and then i had a, a chance meeting with a lady this is another story how many episodes do you want to do <laughs> um, um beautiful meeting with a lady on the on uh train in uh germany and she had some tarot cards and she said if you've never done tarot before just pick these ones and they were circular ones and they're called motherpiece tarot cards and they're by, made by women in america translated into to german and she said um if you've never done anything with tarot before just choose three and i i can remember the the, the most important one which was um Had a colourful picture of the world and a CD stuck to it, and Mm -hmm. then I ended up writing an article about uh, the power of music for Wellbeing Magazine, but that was a you know a really powerful synchronicity, and music had the music with it, Mm -hmm. and then there was the my friend who recommended me to Rob Robert Good at Sydney Town Hall to write an uh, write an arrangement for. Uh, trumpet and trump, uh, trumpet and organ, because he was the organist. And when I went in, he he clairvoyant. And um, he just said, uh, take your watch off, give, let me hold your watch. And he just sat there and he went into this zoned space. You could just see he was not him he, anymore. It, was, it was coming through him. And he gave me all this amazing information about my life and that I would be writing lots of songs and um, many many aspects of my life. In fact, he, my friend Dulcie Holland, had just passed away about a year ago, and he said, "I, I just um, who's Dulcie?" And because he, he didn't know, who he said, I, "I see her. She's in a soul group with these two other Australian musicians who had passed away, Lindley Evans and Frank Hutchins." He said, "She's happy. She's in a soul group," and my knees went to jelly. You know, I just went. Oh, I had the shakes. <laughs> because I thought like how would anybody know that I had this really close relationship with this woman mm-hmm. and in a, in a meeting 15 minutes so there was information coming through this clairvoyant reading which was just stunning and you know the things that come, have come out of that um is also that he he said would you like to go and try the town hall organ there was nobody in the fortunately there, because I'd never been up, but it, you go up and it it's the, was the biggest organ in Southern Heaven Street till okay. about 1970
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um, had been just redone and had, had beautiful sounds and we are up and I got to play the keyboards and pull the stops and hear the, all, all the different orchestral sounds. Great, and I, improvised I just improvised the melody as I was there. And yeah. so when I went home, I couldn't get rid of the melody out of my head and I had to go and put it out on paper. And that became first Spirit Visions, which I did for two pianos. And then I really always wanted to orchestrate it. So it it was orchestrated and has again, been um, recorded by the Moravian Philharmonic. And that one again ta- tells a, a, you know, a sort of a storyline through it. When you hear it, you'll hear like the organ pedal notes at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what you do. You put your foot down on the pedal and you play yeah. over the top. Mm-hmm. So I was creating that in the orchestration. And um, then it got jazzier and jazzier and jazzier. And I thought, no organist can be able to play what I've got. So I've got to make it more pastoral and give them a rimba, the jazz. Yeah. But yeah. so that one was directly, that's why it's called Spirit Visions, because mm-hmm. I had this amazing meeting with this
1: person. And Um, when you think about composition and the environment, for me, I see that what you have in your space around you and how you protect your mind are two important things to maintain your creative flow, to keep you in the zone or what some people would say the flow, loosely termed. Mm -hmm. Um, Speak to the importance of, of a composer's environment. And the mental state of protecting that mental state. How do you manage that in your own life?
0: Um, well, I was I was fortunately living up in the Blue Mountains area, which and um, I'm actually I, my birthday's on the 19th of September, um, and I got a numerology card one day that said 19 day people. Uh, they expend a lot of mental energy and they need to be in nature to balance Mm -hmm. and of course up there I would would always go for the walk and the birds and uh, the odd kangaroo would pop up and it would, would be amazing and then when I moved to Cronulla I'm near the beach and I have both I have a beach environment and we have lovely national parks and things nearby as well so I try to get out every day and, and walk in the environment and just not be totally sort of in the house all the time. Mm. That, that's my, um, gets me in my equilibrium and clears okay. the head. But quite often when I'm walking, I'll be thinking up a new melody and an idea will come and then I'll have to rush home and, and, um, <laughs> So but, it's like
1: you know. go out for the walk, lovely and relaxed and sunny, pew, back home again for yeah. a melody. <laughs> right.
0: Yes, yeah, And i found a good tool these days is my mobile phone in that um, that has got the recording device on it. Yeah. So yeah. I will just sit down and improvise it, whereas, you know, 30 years ago it's get the paper out and, you know. And
1: write it down.
0: And, write, yeah. write, 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 write. and I think what you've heard in the latest suite is a lot because the music was... It came quickly, it came quickly mm-hmm. because I could sit down, I could improvise it, it would come. And and then I, my, how I work is I'll get the initial idea through improvisation, And then I'll, I've now been taking my audio and going straight to my programs called Sibelius and writing out what I hear by just audio, like just by ear. Okay. And then I'll add the sketch of that. Then I'll take the sketch back to the piano and I'll, I'll work it with the pencil and paper mm-hmm. and I'll put more things in there. And then, so backwards and forwards between the piano and the, and the, the computer is mainly, Spanish is mainly a um, copying device, so it mm-hmm. saves time copying. Mm-hmm. But the other advantage is that you can play back the sounds.
1: so Yeah, yeah, and get an it. idea of orchestration, I suppose, and all that
0: yes
1: yes yes yeah so, very interesting okay
0: uh, so that's the, the space there and um
1: so where I, can I, people where can people find your music in the best like is it your website is it, do you roll your music up on your website and do you also sell the sheet music for all of your albums as well for people to perform
0: i do indeed yes okay so okay. they can find the, the sheet uh, the, the music and the sheet music all from um my well i've got two websites the older one's got lots of information on it the other one's easier to just find the actual piece mm-hmm. of music you're after um and um yeah, links, I'll have yeah so the and, links will
1: be in the description anyway for listeners so we'll have all that sorted. but great stuff so it's yes. really your website is the central hub okay fantastic
0: mm-hmm. um yeah and you were asking me also about the, the how to get in the flow i suppose this is once you start writing. Um, hopefully, you get quiet around you, and you can just uh, just be with the
1: with the instrument. And, and do you um, find this is a, a thing that a lot of frustration is is sourced from? Is interruptions, uh, the phone ringing, or somebody coming into the room calling for you or something? Do you find that very disruptive in your own life? Um,
0: well, with the phone, if I'm doing composition things, you'd hopefully just turn it, turn the phone off. And the situation in my house with my partner is he's he's at work, um, you know, in work hours in the day, so I'm here on my own. But I do have students coming in, you mm-hmm. know, so I, I get interruptions by the students. But um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've been doing a lot of writing in the middle of the night and I actually did that when when my children were young. I wrote the work called Lyric Fantasy when my number two was only four years old and I thought, thought, how did I do that? How did I write this work? I mean, I've got two children and a four-year-old, but I remember being up between 10 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. doing a lot
1: of writing when it was
0: quiet. Yes.
1: Just just finding the time. Yeah, I'd imagine you would. To be fair, you know, you would need peace and quiet. You know, just to get. The well, last out. year with the, with the dreaded sea, uh, everything was locked down and so quiet.
0: I I was lucky. I was actually grateful that Volve said, "How about I commission you to write these pieces?" Because it gave me a focus and so gave me something to really mm. keep carried me through the time yeah um, i wasn't so much worried about you know whether i'd have a student or not or okay they gone. I, I enjoyed the quiet i'm actually I, mm. I think it was, it was a good chance for everybody to take a step back and rest
1: i mean the whole world's been going nuts for so many years yeah and i mean what well, yes very much yeah very much and kind of reevaluate what people were doing because our you know people have commented that before covid everybody was rushing around they were traveling here traveling there and suddenly they're locked down and suddenly it's reevaluating yeah. who am i living with you know <laughs> this <laughs> kind of discussion starts what, who am I living what's with? really important in my what, life exactly what's important all those key core questions of of uh, quality of life in and a it sense. usually comes down
0: that your family is the most important you yeah, know but for sure Mm -hmm. family Um, and community
1: um seeing the growth of community and and it what was very interesting here in my home country of Ireland here is that communities I'm sure it happened in all over the world in ways but communities started really coming back into themselves and cleaning up their villages or cleaning up their homes or you know doing all this kind of work and um significant adjustment happened really significant adjustment happened It made made
0: you realise what's really uh, what you should focus on in your life, Um, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's never been much other than music anyway. So um, it didn't make a a huge difference in in all that because my um, my interest and what keeps me going is the composing, and Mm -hmm. um, and what I missed was the performing side. I think
1: I think everyone missed it. Yeah. Everyone missed it from the people buying the tickets to the person performing, everybody missed it. Um, But it's it's great to see you coming back. Okay. Mm.